Welcome, everyone, to the L7C Podcast Hoops Edition. Today, we are going to be talking some NBA with the NBA aficionado, Evan Debo. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to the listeners. Happy birthday, Cedric, uh, as we're recording this on Saturday, January 9th. Um, We are in NBA full swing, Martin. Yeah, we are. It's we've had a couple weeks of the NBA since the December twenty second opening. Just to echo what Evan has said, I've said it to everyone in their first one of twenty twenty one. Evan, hope you had a happy New Year and holiday season with the family and the friends, and hopefully you were able to recharge going into twenty twenty one. Absolutely, same same with uh, with you and yours, buddy. Um, yeah, looking looking forward to. Uh, Crossing some more things off the to-do list this year, and uh, it, it starts with um, the the nightly recharge with uh, watching NBA hoops. Right, right. And let's let's get right into it. We've we've had a couple weeks of NBA hoops, and we're just gonna go over some of the conference. Well, there's only two conferences. We're gonna talk about the Eastern Conference right now, and just go over if the playoffs started today, who would be in right now out of the eight seeds, and what teams have surprised us and what teams so far are not surprising us. So we'll start off in the Eastern Conference. First off, currently the number one seed is the Philadelphia 76ers at seven and two. Evan, first off, were you surprised? Are you surprised by the Sixers quick start? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely um definitely am surprised by that. Obviously they they switched a lot of things around to start the the new year under under Doc Rivers moving uh, moving on from Al Horford getting off from from that contract uh, contract and uh, yeah I mean they've been playing well I mean they've been really aggressive in playing Simmons and Embiid together um, with the exception of again as we record this on January 9th, that uh, I mean they're they're down to like nine players for tonight and yep. now the league's the the league has a new rule this year um, for listeners that uh, if you can. If you can field a team, if you can play eight players, you're down to seven players, they're going to cancel the game. If one team's down with contact tracing, injuries, whatever, if you only have seven players to play, um, you're not going to, they're, they're going to postpone or cancel the game. Um, so the Sixers were in jeopardy of that tonight is uh, last night, um, Seth Curry tested positive or two nights ago, Seth Curry tested positive uh, for the coronavirus and through contact tracing, it removed a lot of folks. I think they're down to nine players tonight. So. Um, and of course they don't, they don't want to go into play a, a tough Denver team on the road without, I mean, with only nine guys and a lot of them being key guys, but so, I mean, that's almost going to be a scheduling loss tonight. I mean, I, I fully expect them to lose. I mean, it's just, it's yeah, just a scheduling loss. It's tough, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they've been off to a hot start. I mean, ama- amazing what, what doc has done so far. And again, like regular seasons, regular season, you got to see it in the playoffs, but so far so good. You build your routines, you build your rotations. Um, you, you build your, um, on-court culture during the regular season. The Sixers are off to a, a, a great, great jump here into the new year. Yeah. And, and I expected, I think we both had the Sixers in the top four when we previewed the season. I just didn't expect them to start off so quickly. So good on to them. The number two team right now is a shocker to me. The Orlando Magic is sitting at six and two, and they've also been playing well as well, and I don't know if Cole Anthony heard our last podcast, but maybe I I've actually it. I've actually got the yeah, Pacers, the, the Pacers at six and two at number two. Oh, you got the, 
I have the Magic six and two, and the Pacers six and two. Well, the Magic Magic lost. Ah, gotcha. At least according to I'm on NBA.com. Maybe we've got a controversy here. If they lost last night, maybe this is not updated as of last night. But if you have the Pacers six and two, go ahead and let me just hit on the way they're playing. Nope. Yeah, let me find it. Let me find a source while we're doing that. Yeah, I mean, they've been absolutely on a tear. Um, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, man, is like playing MVP like uh, in the post. I mean, the way he's he's dishing the ball, we all knew the dude could step out, pop the three. Um, he's so technically sound in the post. I mean, everything, I mean, all the, the up fakes, like he's, he's almost doing like a, um, like a stiffer Jokic impersonation, but, uh, I mean, obviously he's smaller, doesn't have the court vision in terms of passing everything else, but I mean, he has been absolutely phenomenal, but I mean, equally up there too, I mean, is, is Malcolm Brogdon's play. I mean, he's, he's averaging 23.6 a game on 51% from two, 47% from three, dishing out uh, seven assists a game and two steals. I mean, he has been, I mean, Victor Oladipo has been, I mean, he's he's still averaging 20, but I mean, he's, dare I, say, I mean, he's the third best player on his team. I don't know if any of us saw that. I mean, they've been, they've been phenomenal. I mean, a lot of people questioned them moving on from Nate McMillan. And uh, I mean, they, they've just been, fantastic with uh with uh Bjork I think I that's his nickname I can't think of his full name but um as their new coach uh a disciple coming from uh from Toronto uh bringing in some of that we even saw a little bit of boxing one that we we see with the Toronto Raptors too early on in some defensive sets uh with with Indiana but I mean they've been playing really yeah, impressive basketball Martin they're they're doing really well right now you just said the blaring thing that right now Victor Owen Depot been the best player on the team for the past couple of years right now is the third best player on his team which is wild to even say but like so we'll see how real, real quick on real quick the stat line on on Sabonis so he's he's only averaging point four more a game than then Oladipo, uh, he's played one more game than him. So 37 minutes a game, 20.8 uh, from the floor, shooting uh, 57, 52. And obviously, he's not a great free throw shooter, 67%, but 52% from three, 57% from two, bringing down 11 rebounds a game, addition out six assists. I mean, he's he's playing Jokic-like, man. I mean, he's he is absolutely killing it. I mean, going to be an all-star, keeping this up, and, um, you know, competing hard for, I mean, potentially even first-team NBA. Again, it's early, but fantastic play from the, the Pacers up, big man. I don't know about MVP, but I feel like he'll, from his last year, I feel like he'll definitely get most improved. Yeah, I mean, he's, def- he's definitely uh, going to be a guy at the end of the, the award race for that where you look up and, and see he's in uh, he's in contention. Um, Martin, our, our next team, the I've got the Boston Celtics here. At, it's seven and three just ahead of the, the Magic just because they played and won one more game. But um, they're six and three at home. Or sorry, they're, they're six, uh, yeah, six and three overall, three and one at home, four and two on the road. Um, it's been a lot of steady diet of of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, like we knew it. Um, they've been ravaged with COVID tracing too. I don't know that they had a a big other than than uh, um, Taco and and Tice last night. I mean, so they played a lot of semi Ojale, uh, Tristan Thompson out due to contact tracing. Um, I mean, they're we knew their their depth was going to be thin, but I mean, they're they're right there in the thick of it, like we thought. And 
Tatum and Jalen, um, each average, averaging 26 a game. Uh, I mean, they just, I mean, they're, they're going to have to ride, ride as far as these guys are going to take them for, for Boston to do anything. I still think they're, I mean, several pieces away, but I mean, obviously a, a great yeah, team, great agree. defense. And with team. the Boston, with the two Tatum and Jalen, where, as duo wise, where do you rank them? Duos wise, it has to be in the upper echelon, wouldn't you think? Like a top six, seven duo, maybe top five, three. Yeah, I mean, obviously, in a in a perfect world, you've got Stephen Curry and you've got Clay Thompson, and they're your, um, you know, they're they're arguably your number one duo, yep. LeBron and AD too. But I mean. I'd be hard pressed not to have them. I mean, with the injuries to the Warriors, uh, right there with LeBron and AD right now. I mean, obviously you always have Damon, Damon and CJ too are are right there as well. But um, you know, I just think too. I mean, defensively, what they bring to the floor is just. I mean, it's on it's on another level. I mean, Dame's going to get knocked a little bit with his his size defensively, but um, I mean, it's just they're they're right there. They're definitely a definitely a top three. So we had. Just want to do four and five because these are both surprising. Four was the Magic at six and three, and five I have the New York Knicks at five and four. Is that what you got? Yeah, uh, Julius Julius Randall Julius four five point oh wherever we're at with Julius. Um, dude's been a monster. Um, huge game the other night too with uh, with Austin Rivers, who's really kind of coming into his own with this team. And I mean, obviously Austin Rivers wants to be on a like legit veteran playoff squad and. And who yeah. knows? Maybe maybe he'll be like a uh, a deal on a after the trade deadline or something to somebody like Boston or something that could sorely use a guy like him coming off the bench. But uh, I mean, he was killing it the other night. I miss the Garden being electric, uh, like we were talking during draft when you get all the Knicks boos when they draft their pick every year. It doesn't matter if they're the second coming of LeBron, they're going to boom. But like I miss the the Garden being electrifying, and that definitely those. Um, kind of those just killer baskets that uh, he was making down the stretch the other night on on Wednesday, I think was, I mean that would have been a moment where the the garden would have just been on fire. So I mean the Knicks have just been crazy off to a good start. RJ Barrett's been great. Thibodeau's been riding those young guys already, like we knew he was going to 37, mm-hmm. 38 minutes a game. It just absolutely. I hope that doesn't come back to hurt RJ Barrett and Julius Randle and some of those guys. But Knicks are fun to watch, man. They're good. And only to start off the year in 2021, that last sentence you just said, Knicks are fun to watch. They're good. And I, the league's better when the Knicks are better. It's just, it's not like college. Like we have those quote unquote blue blood type um, teams like the Knicks. It, the league's a lot better when they're good. I don't like it when they stink me personally, just because of the history of Madison Square Garden. So for them right now to be the number fifth seed sitting at five and four, Hopefully this continues and maybe we see a playoff series with them, but we'll just have to wait and see on that. Sixth seed, we got the Bucks. Is that who you have as well? Yeah. Yep. Milwaukee Bucks um, trying to get the, so yep, at, at five and four, um, they're, they're four and one at home, one and three away, which is a little, little surprising to see the, the differential on the road. But, uh, you know, they're still trying to get Drew Holiday involved. A couple, couple kind of questionable early season losses in there that you're just like, yeah, those are games Bucks normally win. But I mean, they're right, right where they need to be. I think they're like six uh, in offensive efficiency and, and obviously the defense is there too. I mean, they're, um, they're definitely in the the second, second of the better halves of basketball and that like 11 or 12th in, in defense, something like that. But I mean, so the Bucks will be, 
when it comes, I fully expect when when this season wraps up, the Bucks will be back in the one of the top three seeds. So, but that's enough of the Bucks. We got to talk about the number seven spot. <laughs> number seven, right now, five and four, the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavaliers of Cleveland. Now, it, as impressive as that is, that and again, it's early. As impressive as that is, that they're they're five and four. Martin, we got to talk. I mean, so just as we were talking about the scheduling impacting everything else, I think I put out a tweet earlier as we were talking about, um, yeah, with uh, like the Denver game being in jeopardy with how many folks the Sixers have tonight. The Cavs have been hurting on their own, not because of contact tracing, but due to injuries early. So Kevin loves only. So the the Cavs are five and four um, in their last. They've lost two of their last three. They lost. Um, they lost two. The Magic and they lost to the Pacers, um, eked out one over the Grizz, um, and then lost to the uh, actually, I think they're they've lost three of their last four and lost to the the Hawks in there, I believe, as well. But uh, so yeah, they're five and four, but Kevin Love's played one game. Um, their most recent game over Memphis, which I don't know how they won, I mean, Memphis was hurting too. So not only did they not have love, they didn't have Darius Garland, who's who's banged up, not going to play against again tonight. Dylan Windler, Dante Exum is going to be out for an extended amount of time. Uh, Matthew Deladova didn't even make the, the road trip right now, um, and Colin Sexton missed the game too, late scratch with uh, an ankle thing is going. Um, Martin, I'm really getting concerned about who I would say was the best prospect heading the season for the Cavs and uh, and Kevin Porter Jr. I'm going to be honest. So this is the so tonight will be the 10th game the Cavs have played of this shortened 72-game season where Kevin Porter Jr. has not played. He's not in any practice photos that the Cavs, like, official social media accounts do or anything like that. Does a lot of, like, selfies on IG of just, like, his face with some weird quotes and stuff. And he's this will be the 10th straight start he misses tonight for personal reasons. I know we'll talk about the Brooklyn Nets here next and, and Kyrie Irving's personal reasons for, for missing some time here. but. Um, Martin, I'm really concerned on it. I mean, I, it's got to be, in my opinion, I've, I've discussed this with a lot of Cavs folks. It's got to be uh, mental health stuff right now. And obviously, la- last year and, and still during this pandemic, it's been very challenging to so many folks in that regard. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's something more innocent than that. Or, you know, again, with some of his offseason stuff that they're just maybe they're holding them accountable without saying it. But I mean, this guy by far was the Cavs best prospect through March last year. And I mean, we have nothing on him. Like the, the Cavs I've heard from talking to, I I've spoken with at least one reporter um, who said that, I mean, they're almost being like intimidated into not asking about him. It's just a weird situation, but despite all those things, the Cavs are five and four. Um, They're going to lose tonight against Milwaukee because they're trotting out some Dean Wade probably is going to play 18 minutes. Like half of us just probably don't even know who Dean Wade is. No, I did not say D Wade. I said Dean Wade. There's this, they're winning despite all these crazy things. I mean, but this is also where the reason why they're at is this is the number one defensive team in the NBA, Martin, through nine <laughs> games, through nine games. This is no joke. Um, Larry Nance Jr. is every bit of playing that kind of Draymond role right now. He's leading the league in steals. Uh, he's blocking. He's bringing the ball up. He's he's passing the ball. I mean, this guy is first team all defense. If the if the league ended today, I'm not or like if the yeah if we had to stop because of COVID or um, like if the regular season was only supposed to be ten games, 
He is first team all NBA defense. This guy is just playing out of his mind. And Colin Sexton, too, 25 points a game. His his assists are a little up this year, three and a half, taking on some of his point guard duties with Darius Garland out the last two or three games. Uh, another guy like Malcolm Brogdon just shooting the crap out of the ball. 51, uh, 53% from the field and 51% from three. Um, he's like ninth or so, I think, in the league in scoring, again, at 25.1 a game, uh, 19.9 per. He's he's just, I mean, gone on to other levels in, in a regard that I, I think is still really underrated in the league. But I can't say enough about this Cavs team, clearly. So, Martin, I want to hear your thoughts from, from your perspective. When the first game happened, I think it was against the Hornets on the 20. Uh, it was it was against the Knicks. The Knicks. The Knicks. Oh, no, you're right. I'm yeah, sorry. First right. game yeah, first game was against the, the 23rd against the Hornets. No, no, it was the Hornets. You're yeah, right. and they pointed out 121-114 where Terry Rozier had, I think, about close to 40, if not 40. Watching them shoot, uh, Garland, like, that man can shoot. And especially from me watching the Cavs from this year to last year, it really looks like Colin Sexton is really finding himself in the NBA and within this organization. I know Dwayne Wade uh, tweeted out saying that Colin started to figure it out. He did. Just watch out. And like you said with Larry Nance Jr., that man is really all over the court in every statistical aspect. That first game, he almost had a triple-double. Like you said, he's leading in steals at the – Season ended today. He'd be first team all NBA defense. And the coaching staff is having these guys play. And they're playing with some real great and pride right now. And they're five and four sitting at the playoffs. Ended to, if the season ended today, they'd be in the playoffs. And I'm really liking what they're doing. I know the situation with Kevin Porter Jr. is very alarming and troubling. And we're all just waiting to see how that hands out, but another person, I know we talked about Sponis from Indiana, but another person who would get most improved in my book would also be Larry Nance Jr. I think I think so too. Um again, he's uh just absolutely playing out of his mind. I mean the stats aren't gonna overwhelm you. It, I mean he's playing 34 minutes a game, 9.6 points, 6.1 boards, dishing out 4.3 assists, 2.4 steals. I mean he just filled it up on any given night. I mean, they've, they've had some player projections on like how much offense you generate versus how much defense uh, you generate or your, or yeah, how much defense that you, yeah, generate and points you save and everything else. I mean, he's, he is at the top of the league uh, in terms of that they do like a little graph. I forget if it's cleaning the glass or whatever the source is that has like a, a cross graph on that. All right. So we were on the Cavs. So now we are on the eighth seed who we both, that was coming out of the East, the Brooklyn Nets. We were ready to crown them the champs after one game on Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. oh, shit. And here they are, five and five. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but, yeah, let's, let's five and five. Brooklyn Nets, obviously now they've also been hit with COVID. They're seeing if Kevin Durant's going to be coming back um, on the Sunday game from Steve Nash talking and they just won on thursday against a good philadelphia team so they're still a good team just very surprised they're five and five what are your thoughts yeah i mean it's i mean it's kind of what we thought about i mean just with the hey we're gonna rest Kyrie this day we're gonna rest kevin this day um we're gonna rest both of them they've had in one instance so far 
Um, and then you had the, the Kevin Durant um, uh, ailment thing go down. Kyrie Irving, like, didn't hop on a flight, right, because – and just said personal reasons and didn't respond to Steve Nash, who tried to reach out and publicly said he reached out to Kyrie, wouldn't elaborate. Obviously, that had happened since all the craziness in D.C., and we know Kyrie's really passionate about those things. But as much as we were enthused about the prospects of the Nets, they are who we thought they were to an extent in terms of just can they bring it every night. Um, I mean, again, I still think in a in a seven game series, that's a team you don't want to play. They're I mean, they're going to beat eleven out of twelve teams that you throw at them um, if they're all healthy. But yeah, I mean, they're they'll be they'll be in the playoff spot. They're not going to be out of there unless something devastating happens to one of the big two. But um, Jared Allen had a heck of a game um, earlier this week, and and hopefully they finally finally do the right thing and put that man in the starting lineup and and have a serious conversation with, Hey, I know you guys are boys, Kyrie and Kevin with Deandre, but he's not good. Yeah. I want to talk more about Kyrie. Cause this has been a big thing that that Thursday night game, he didn't play and nobody knew why. And we've talked about this a lot with this man. He's so supremely talented in the game of basketball, but sometimes his antics just make us scratch our head just for say for a normal a normal american citizen like yourself or i we couldn't just not come to work and then not text or call our boss back saying we're not why we're not there that's just not the way that for normal people it works so just seeing him do that and then i'm seeing something on the new york post that has something to do i just read that too yeah about the thing what happened in dc but i'm just like why didn't you just text i don't know just some things i'm like Normal people couldn't get away with it, but since he's so good at basketball, they're going to obviously let it slide. If he was an average player or lower, he would have been reprimanded. Yeah. I mean, that's where we're at with, I mean, it's, it's basically the, it's, it's not as bad as a James Harden thing, but yeah, I mean, it's, Hey, we're going to give you a longer leash here and we hope it doesn't come back to bite us in the butt. And I mean, the Nets still have to go out and they still have to play games. And, you know, I, I feel for, for Levert and, um, and, and Joe Harris and all those guys that, I mean, they're going to show up. They're going to, they're going to grab their lunch pail and go to work every day. And um, they're not going to know whether or not Kyrie and Kevin are, are going to be out there at, at times. I mean, more so Kyrie on the day-to-day decision-making, but you're right. You can't, you can't just not show up for work. Um, you got to afford Steve Nash, at least a conversation. My guess, I'm sure they've talked since then, but um, his, his quote in that same New York post article was I reached out to Kai and, um, Basically, yeah, hadn't hadn't heard back. I mean, you just can't you can't do that. No, not to a rookie, not to a rookie head coach, not in the media market of where they're at. It's just not a good look, and not even to he gets a bad rap for things, but sometimes that is brought up on him by himself. So I just feel like sometimes he just just needs to act more professional. And we already know the guy can put a ball through a hoop, so. We'll see. By the end of the year, you're right. I think they'll be up in the top four or two, and they'll get out of the East. Let's go to the West Coast, where we have the top eight teams in the West right now. And I got number one as of right now, the defending uh, world champions, the Los Angeles Lakers. Is that who you got? Yes, the reigning, defending, undisputed. Well, it's probably a little bit disputed with the bubble when people are still salty about that. But yeah, the Lakers, 
the Lakers have had a, a couple couple dud games in there. You just scratch your head. Uh, so that nine-point loss to the Spurs on Thursday, um, the uh, eight-point loss to the Blazers um, at the end of December, where you're just like, yeah, but I mean, that's we knew that coming in. The Lakers had the short one. They and the Heat had the shortest turnaround in terms of off season, if you want to call it that. And I mean, they're they're coasting. I mean, LeBron's. I, I listened to a podcast this morning that put out, brought out a good point that LeBron's staying around a little bit more, like not in a bad way, but like he doesn't have to have the ball staying around. I mean, he's he, in a couple instances he's doing some catch and shoot stuff too, just because of how good Dennis Schroeder's been. So um, he's been a, a great. Uh, guy to come in to to control the offense, control the pace, and they can afford to take, you know, LeBron or or AD out of a game and and just kind of do run some heavy vets with uh, with Schroeder and uh, with Harrell and stuff too, and and they can stagger LeBron in AD's minutes, um, you know, when they do play, and then also afford to, to rest some games. But the Lakers Lakers are um, they've definitely impressed me. I think with uh, the shortened off season and and coming out how they have and. And that's why part of the reason why they're um, integrating those new pieces, uh, doing those upgrades. And that's part of the reason why they're sitting at the top of the West. Yeah, nothing. It's as expected. We both have them still coming out of the West. I think we both still have them winning it all if everything goes accordingly, unless another team shows us something. But they're playing well. Just like you said, Denshire, that was a huge pickup. Don't know how the league let them get him, but. And LeBron, LeBron and AD is AD, and they're playing well, seven and three. I don't see them not being the number one seed when this is all said and done. Now, the number two seed, who I'm seeing, I had them sneaking into the playoffs, but right now they're the number two seed, and I have the Phoenix Sun. Yep. I mean, there's, I, I think when we went back to our, our preview thing, that there's a lot of, I mean, there's, there's gonna be a lot of sorting out yet to do. I mean, there's, I mean, all your playoff teams basically from, uh, from the number three seed down to the ninth seed, essentially your folks are in the conversation, um, are four and four or five and four. I mean, they're, we're still all congested. We just started the race. All the horses are still in the pack. Nobody's really begun to separate themselves yet, but you still got to win ball games. Um, yep. And, and out of the nine games they played so far, Phoenix has won six of them playing really well behind, um, Devin Booker, uh, DeAndre Ayton, who's playing really well too. I mean, Chris Paul's scoring is way down so far, but I mean, they haven't had to rely on him that. I mean, he's averaging only 13 points a game in those nine games. Um, assists are, you know, about where they're going to be 8.3 or so, but you know, they, they just are really well balanced right now, top to bottom. And I mean, it's because of guys like DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton and, and Mikhail Bridges and, and, um, and Cam Johnson and, and Darius Saric that, I mean, they've got. I mean, it's it's almost like Miami Heat esque kind of what they're doing. Where you just got on any given night, there's a guy who can go off and get you, and you've got that guy at the top who can, who obviously, and Devin Booker who can go out and drop, you know, fifty or sixty a, a couple times a year too. But they've they've been they've been impressive, and and um, you know, I hope they prove us prove us wrong as maybe not a, a seven or eight seed sneaking in, but end up being a little bit higher. Agreed. I love it. Martin, your favorite team, the LA Clippers, <laughs> sit at number three, uh, six and four. Um, we're up since we're not going to necessarily talk about them as a playoff team. I mean, I guess we will here in a couple because they they've rebounded. But um, last night, oh, they got curried. They got curried and they got curried bad. Yep. Um, they were up, I believe, 
22, 23 points. They end up losing the game 115-105 at the hands of the babyface assassin, one Mordell, Stephen Curry, who dropped 38 points, 9 of 14 from three. Uh, 13 and 24 uh, from the field and uh, also oh, also dished out 11 assists as well um, with not a lot of help around him. Uh, Eric Pascal had 12. Uh, Andrew Wiggins had 16. Beyond that, no one else had double digits. The Clippers are kind of still where we kind of thought they were, right? I mean, they're, they're six and four. They're definitely, they definitely have better talent than, um, they, I mean, they definitely have good talent that's going to keep them around, and they have better talent than the Warriors have right now. Um, they're going to be where they need to be at the end of the season. But, I mean, Martin, talk about that game last night a little bit. Uh, just for reference on that, cause I took a – so it was 71-51 with 10 minutes and 10 seconds left in the third quarter. At that point, the Clippers were up by 20, and the Warriors only had 51 points at 10 10- – 10-10 at the third quarter, and then they finished with 115 with a quarter, basically two quarters. And it's crazy because when this team got put together, uh, Paul George and Kawhi, and some people were saying they're the two best perimeter defending duo since MJ and Pip. And you just said with Steph Curry with no help, really, and he's dropped 38. And I, when I'm watching that game, I was just wondering, are they going to take turns on Curry? Why are they trapping? Like, what is happening? And ever since last year, it's really hard for me to watch the Clippers because now I'm starting to get accustomed to them just blowing leads. And and like we said, their talent's going to keep them in this race. But from last year to right now, I don't see them making the West Finals. They'll probably just lose in the semifinals again. It's just... I don't know. I'm waiting for Kawhi to just explode. And Paul George, we've spoken nauseam about him all last year, so I don't need to say. Anything. And Paul had Paul had a good. I mean, Paul and Kawhi both had good games last <laughs> night. I mean, Kawhi Kawhi um, under under fifty percent shooting, still got his twenty four. Um, and Serge Ibaka has been great for them. I mean, oh, what yeah. they've lost in Harrell. I mean, Ibaka has been a great ad. But you're right, defensively, it's been. It last night was atrocious. It can't happen. Um, you can't just leave Beverly out there on on an island and and some of those other guys for uh, Reggie Jackson for you know a couple minute spell here and there and stuff too. But I mean there were also some duds last night. Marcus Morris one of seven from the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Bev himself two of eight. Um, you know they've got they've got some length to, to throw at Curry. I mean to to double them more than they did and they're outscored thirty to twenty two in the second or thirty to twenty two in the third. Um, and then they were outscored 34 to 18 in the fourth and lost by 10. That can't happen. Nope. So, Martin, if there's one thing I am proud about with the Clippers, um, it's that we spent, yielded all of our time talking about them to talk about the Warriors bashing them and how they're barely, <laughs> they're not in the game mentally at number three. And I'm content to leave it there. Let's go on to the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz at number number four. I, I- it's as expected. I didn't think any of us thought they were going to drop out of the top eight in the West. They have a good, a good team. Honestly, that I mean, obviously Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, who just got paid, got paid those big bucks. And I know Shaq jokingly said, "Man, now they're giving big contracts for people who only average 11, 12 points a game," <laughs> which was kind of cold, but. 
Then they have Jordan Clarkson, obviously our guy, Mike Conley. I, I don't think there's – they play hard. They just came out recently saying the owner is going to give a scholarship for every win that they get, which is a fantastic gesture on wow. their part. So hopefully they get – hopefully the Utah Jazz are one of those teams where throughout my adult life, even with Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer, they're always the 50-32 and 32 team. Like, somehow they always sneak in 50 wins and only 32 losses and sometimes win a playoff series or they're a tough seven-game out. That's just the Utah Jazz team I remembered from Darren Williams to now. And I feel like they're just on the path again to have another, like, 50 and 32 season. Yeah. And so they, they've got a couple impressive wins so far um, early on in the year. So the, the aforementioned Clippers back on December 17th, they trounced by 20. Yep. Um, bad loss in there to a really bad Timberwolves team right now. I mean, really bad. Um, uh, also, an impressive 20-point win over the Trailblazers, too. Um, <laughs> and a, a, a an early – again, this is all early, what have you, but I'm sorry. That was a preseason game where they lost by well, – or they beat the Clippers by 20, which, yeah, I mean, you can say what you want. But, yeah, bad loss in there to the Timberwolves. Um, beat the Thunder by by one back on, on 12-28. Did beat the Clippers by six on uh, New Year's Day. But um, two two underrated signings, real quick, and we'll move back to the to the Golden State briefly. Talk about their rebound from a bad Christmas Day kind of um, uh, opening for them. Uh, I really like that they had brought back Derek Favors. Um, had a great career in Utah um, before before uh, departing there on a free agent deal, and and they they brought him back. I mean, that's been a sneaky good defensive signing. He's only averaging uh, about seven and seven points and five boards uh, off the bench. But, I mean, that's been great. And then the Jordan Clarkson, too. I mean, heat check bonanza Jordan Clarkson has really stepped up uh, efficient uh, efficiency-wise. He's um, almost at 50% from the field um, and uh, 42% from three. I mean, that's those aren't Jordan Clarkson-like numbers. I mean, Jordan Clarkson always gets buckets, but it's kind of in that Lou Williams, like it's because of pure volume where I stick up a lot. To, to kind of get there so and then too i mean getting getting bogdanovich back has certainly certainly helped too in terms of some wing depth so um yeah you're right they're gonna be right where they need to be do they have what they have to make it past the second round yet to be seen i still think there are a couple um big name wing players away that you know maybe take a maybe take a gamble and, and put some assets out there and and who knows, man, that could be like a wild card James Harden thing for all I know. And then you're like, whoa, okay. Because I feel like that's going to be the Harden trade in incarnate is when somebody comes out of the woodworks at like Utah Jazz that just nobody expects. So let's jump back to number, where are we on, six? Five. We're on the five in those golden, those golden State Warriors. So obviously the really, really bad Christmas Day game. Um uh, where they, I mean, just were absolutely demolished by the Bucks, um, one thirty-eight to ninety-nine. Previously to that, they lost by twenty-six uh, to the to the Nets on opening night on um, uh, twelve twenty-two. Uh, since then, since those two awful games, they beat the they beat the Bulls by one. They beat a really bad Pistons team as they should by ten. Um, lose to the Blazers. Uh, and then on the back-to-back, they come by – so they lost the Blazers by 25. 
And then as we've been seeing almost the baseball, like two game mini series, then they come back and beat the, beat the Blazers two days later by 15. Uh, stomp on the Kings, 137 to 106. 137 to 106. Um, lose to the Clippers on the first side of the, the back-to-back series there. And then obviously that huge come from behind last night. I mean, this team is going to go as far as Steph's going to take them right now. Obviously, Draymond has been the big piece, I think, in, in getting some of these guys back. But Martin, what have you seen in, you know, they've been able to shake off some of these big losses early on. And I mean, if you, if you wipe those out, you know, they're essentially, um, those, those two early losses out, they're essentially five and two when they're, I mean, they are five and two in their last seven. So, I mean, they've been playing really inspired basketball behind Steph and, um, you know, they've been getting bits and pieces from the folks they need to, obviously, um, you know, Oubre just still been atrocious. Um, I, I'm pretty sure JaVale McGee still has hit more three-pointers than he has so far this year, which says a lot. There was a, a, a Twitter shot I saw um, thrown Oubre's way and, and Wiggins being Wiggins. But Draymond's been good. Um, they've been feisty. Yeah, if you remember after they got obliterated those first couple of games by like a record margin, Steph Curry straight up said, we need to win immediately just because you need to write this ship. And just like recently when he had his career high 60 point game and he went 18 from 19 from the free throw line and his usage rate right now is this is coming from CBS. His usage rate is a 31.9. He's running a lot more pick and rolls for obvious, obvious reasons. And he's, he's been aggressive. People forget that because of him being out a lot early in his career with ankle injury. Uh, Steph Curry's in his 12th season. Like he's yeah, he's been a, yeah. he's been around, which I don't know if people realize that he's 32 in his 12th season. And just watching him play recently, it's almost kind of reminding me of his first MVP, where he's just going crazy. And I wouldn't want to say too that James Wiseman's actually impressed me a little bit. Like he, I think he, if he can. Be consistent. He can do some real great things for Golden State. And obviously, when we talked on Christmas Day, we asked if Draymond was back because he's the emotional engine of the team, the team leader, and now guy knows to get people riled up. But they are fighting, man. And if they had play, I would have had them in the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. But if they are in the playoffs, they are going to be an extremely tough out for anyone. And Curry said it. He saw everyone talking about him being done and this and that. And he, and quote, said, you guys know that Jordan meme. I took it personally. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I am never, I mean, a personal, ever going to be a personal fan of, of Steph Curry, just like because of like how the Cavs games, the, those Cavs final series went down and his, his, wife tweeting about how rigged it is and chucking mouthpieces in our fans and everything else. But man, do I sure respect the hell out of Steph Curry and he's just balling right now. 30.6, little under uh, 40% shooting from three, uh, 6.8 assists um, active in the steals game. 1.2. You're right. His purse absolutely through the roof. Anytime you get above 25, 26 and per um, he's just, he's just been phenomenal. Um, and I mean, too, with, Without a cast, it's really helping him out. Just Wiggins on volume scoring is averaging 17.6. But beyond that, I don't have a single player above 12, 12 a game. Um, as good as Draymond's been, I think, defensively for them, 
Um, and from a uh, assist standpoint, he's been he and Ubre both have been atrocious yep. uh, in terms of of shooting. Uh, Draymond through five games is only averaging he's not even averaging three points a game. When have we ever said that? I mean, he's never been a guy who's going to shoot you into a game. But two point eight's bad. Kelly Ubre again, thirteen point three percent from three. Um, just and then just thirty three percent from the field for him. James Wiseman, yes, he's been he's been thrown into this thing early on and he'll continue to grow. And he's, he's really looking like he's going to be what either he's really looking like a bright, bright spot for how Curry's next five years in the league is going to be that will yep. Take him through year 17. You're exactly right. Martin, let's move to the number six seed. Those boys from Dallas. Our MVP Luca. <laughs> Averaging 27, 27, 9, and 8, so a near triple-double. Also, um, 1.1 steals a game and, and close to Steph with a, a 25.89 uh, PER. Uh, Timmy Hardaway has been been really solid um, uh, scoring the ball-wise, and Josh Richardson has been really what this team needs uh, from a, a spot shooter standpoint, too. So that's been that's been really great for, for Luka to have. They've been uh, competitive as well. Obviously, they had a tough loss to the Lakers on on Christmas Day by by twenty three um, on twelve twenty seven. I mean, we we I think talked about this on the last pod. Um, just smacked the taste out of the Clippers' mouth one twenty four seventy three. And what was that atrocious halftime score again? Do you remember? Oh, I mean, it was like uh, it was like seventy to thirty. Yeah. It was absurd. It was the largest deficit in NBA history. So I mean, they were responsible for that. Um, they beat the Heat on New Year's Day by 10, or another great win. The Hornets, who've been up and down, um, bad loss there by 19. Um, and then, you know, another bad loss um, as recently as last Sunday, the Bulls by 18. So, I mean, they've been – and then they they came back and beat the Rockets by 13. So, I mean, they've been – when they've been on, they've been on. When they've been off, they've been really off. Still no Chris Stapps. So, you know, whenever they get him back into the fold, that'll be something uh, really interesting to, to see how they, they bring him back and uh, incorporate him in the offense, some of that pick and roll stuff, the, the corner three. Um, if they try to get him back down towards the basket to be uh, um, effective or if that's just going to clog the lane for Luka. Um, they've, they've, been, they've been definitely a team of, of growth, but also a team of frustration at times. So. Yeah, I feel like we really can't even judge Dallas until they get Kristoff back. And I'm I'm really praying that he can stay healthy once he comes back for the rest of the way going forward. Because I really want to see this Luca Kristoff duo at full strength. Like I feel like this team can really do some things. That annihilation of the Clippers was just so eye boggling. I don't know if I was more eyeballing how well the Mavericks were playing or just how terrible the Clippers look. But I really do think once they get Kristoff back, they, they're going to be a contender in the West. But the seventh seed right now who I have are the San Antonio Spurs, and I did not have them here right now at 4-4. Four and four. And if you look at their thing, they've already played the Lakers three times already going. They went one and two against the Lakers, but their first loss was on the 30th, 121 to 107. And then right on New Year's Day, they played them close. Lakers won 109 to 103. 
Then the Spurs just beat them on the 7th, 118 to 109. And the Spurs have also beaten the Clippers the day on the 5th, 116 to 113. And I don't know if it's Pop working his magic again. And again, it's early. Teams are all congested. But right now, Spurs would be in the playoffs. And that's a shocking one, maybe because Houston's not in it right now. But Spurs are shocking to me right now. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they they basically just kind of rolled the same the same group back, um, more or less. I mean, Demar's been uh, really, really good. I mean, his his three point percentage is is even above forty percent. We're actually saying that. Um, I mean, his he's he's been really, really good. Devin Vassell, who I liked uh, in the draft, a lot of people were scared off by like some video that was allegedly him just screwing with his shot on purpose. Allegedly, um, that looked just his form just looked atrocious and scared people off. Great defender, he's been good, and he's he's I believe he's shooting over fifty percent from three. Oh, where is he down the list here? Yeah, fifty three percent on yeah, just a couple attempts a game, but he's been he's been great defensively. Dejounte Murray's is is doing his thing again. Another guy I'd like to see take a big leap um, this year. We I feel like I've been saying that each of the last two or three years, um, but I mean they're getting some great contributions from Keldon Johnson. Uh, Lonnie Walker, both averaging 12 and 13 a game, too. I mean, they've just, they're doing Spurs like things again. And um, I mean, like you said, there needs to be some separation there. Um, and then looking at the uh, eight seated Blazers, um, obviously, you know, they can score like anybody, but just so, so bad defensively. They're there, obviously, at four, four as well. Um, Dame and, and CJ both at, at 26 uh, plus and five assists and four boards plus each. Um, again, a great dynamic duo. Mello is uh, Mello's only at, at at twelve a game. Uh, a lot of like with with Gary Trent Jr. again this year. Um, Ennis Cantor has been huge for them, getting him back in the post to to help spell Nurkic. Robert Covington was was a, again a huge purchase for them um, with two first round picks to Houston. But yeah, again, they've added some new pieces. Derek Jones Jr. is in there as well to the the high flyer from Miami last year. Uh, but again, they just they've got so many question marks defensively. It's it's probably going to be the same situation as as they were last year, where they're competing for that seven eight seed, maybe in the the playing games, and it's just going to be a sheer matter of can Dame outscore their bad defense. So, yeah, and then one team that's currently not in at three and four, don't really want to talk about them too much, just individual on the team, uh, Houston Rockets with James Harden. And now that we're a couple weeks into the season, he's had had some big games individually. Do you see the market still being the same for him? Like, I know he hasn't, he's been trying to dodge those questions about wanting out, but then on social media and the news, we still hear he wants to be out. But now playing, are the same teams in play for him? Like, does Philly really want to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden straight up? The Nets really want James Harden. You brought up a one of Utah, which I could actually see that working if they trade the right people. But what do you, what are you thinking about when it comes to Harden now? I mean, I still think the market's at where it's at. I mean, he's a big headache. Who wants who wants to bring that on their team? And then also, you're like, is James Harden? And like, it's it's almost like flirting or dating with a girl that is like an eleven out of ten, but you know, is just like there's not anything long term here, or like like it's you, you're battling that moral and ethical dilemma, like. You're gonna have you're gonna have a good time. You guys are gonna have some great nights out in the town, everything else. But like at the end of the day, like it's not 
like it might not be husband or wife material if we do go the relationship both ways. Um, but uh, like it's it's a tough call. I really think I think if James is going to get traded, and again, like it, Houston's going to have to settle on on what they get back. It's going to be a a three quarters on the dollar type thing. If they can get to eighty cents on the dollar, they might have to pull the trigger. Um, they're definitely not going to get value back for what he does on the court. I, I think it's. I really think we're going to be surprised with like a team out of left field um, coming get him, kind of like with with OKC and picking up Paul George um, from the Pacers. I really think that's how it's going to go. Um, I, another team too that could sorely use. Uh, hey, we'll take a flyer and see what happens. Is you know, I would not be surprised if somehow Masai and and Toronto Ooh. sneak in there too and 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 put some stuff together. Now I think. I almost think, I mean, Siakam definitely would have to go in that deal, but, um, and then again, like, what are you coming back to necessarily? But I mean, they're, they've been struggling. I mean, they've won, they picked it up and won a, a couple games here, but from their awful start, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think any team, any team willing to pull the trigger, we've seen that before where a team can basically mortgage their future away, throw four or five firsts or pick swaps or whatever on top of a young, young asset or two. And then you're, you're right there. But speaking of the Houston, the time I really want to spend on the Houston Rockets is talking about my most improved player, Christian Wood. I, I think everybody expected him to take a huge leap. He was buried on the uh, the Pistons bench last year. He's averaging 23, uh, 23 and 10 and two blocks. I mean, this is, I'll be honest. I don't know if you've caught any of, of his play with Houston yet. I mean, these are like Anthony Davis numbers, man. No, you're, you're, you're right. He even, I'm just reading this thing too from Rockets Wire, how he circled his next two games against Anthony Davis. The guy, 25 years old, 6'10", he, you're right, he has improved a lot. Well, maybe because we didn't get to see him because he was buried on that bench. Now, with him, do you, and when they trade James, because now it's, it's still a matter of when, do you think he's someone that Houston can build around? Yeah, I mean that's that's a great question. Again, like you said, he's he's 25. He's definitely had a um, had a different career to get in here, and and very much a late bloomer. Um, but I hate when people write off guys like that. Your your four year college players that maybe take another year to develop and everything else. I mean, look at I think you know 24, 25 or so was like basically when you saw like the Fred Van Vliet of the world like start to start to go but no i mean that's a great question martin i i think i definitely i need to see maybe two or three weeks out of him like this but i i definitely think you could build around this guy and i i like the way the the rockets have been playing i think he's not been contributing a whole lot but i mean bringing in jay sean tate to be a you know as a scrappy scrappy defender rebounder i think has been great for them as well um i I do like, I don't think it's all doom and gloom in Houston. And I mean, this is a huge asset to, um, to have, I mean, you still have wall and wall and boogie to be competitive as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I like their prospects a lot better than a lot of other teams. Um, one other team that I really like out of the West right now would be the Sacramento Kings. So Tyrese Halliburton, I'm not ready to, I'm not going to say a lot of people are trying to crown him rookie of the year already. He missed a little bit of, uh, of time in a couple games with, uh, I think a, a hand injury of sorts, but I mean, they've been, they're four and five. So they're game under 500, but, um, you know, they've been, they've been really, really competitive. 
Um, you're, you're seeing it from uh, across, across the um, scoring sheet there. Corey Joseph um, is a really steady hand coming in with that uh, second unit. Um, you know, maybe they can get Marvin Bagley, the third's dad, to stop tweeting about trading him. Yeah, you know, things might be good here soon. And he's not the only one trying to tweet him. Is this because if we also go to one of my, eh, I thought you might be a little bit better now, teams um, in the Eastern Conference with the Hawks. You have Trey Young's dad tweeting. No, not Trey Young's dad. It was um, uh, Trey Young is currently in a feud of sorts with John Collins. It was John Collins' dad, I believe, uh, tweeting about trading him. So, yeah, I mean, it's I, I, it's an interesting age we live in where um, the president of the United States is permanently banned off off Twitter um, as of, I think, today. And, you know, we can know the thoughts of the NBA trade machine with players' dads right now. I love NBA Twitter. There's there's no better place. Yeah, agreed. Agreed on that. And just one to go from the positive, I would be remiss to not talk about this team from the East because I said they'd be an eighth seed, and they are god-awful right now. And that is the Washington Wizards. I thought with two all-stars, uh, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, they'd be able to get into the eighth spot of the East, which they still can. Season's early but as of right now as Bradley Gill said they can't guard a park car <laughs> they, they're bad right now it's bad and Westbrook might average triple double again this year but I just had to throw them out there that they are terrible and you brought up uh President Trump and it's always it always seems like the NBA and the WNBA are always the first um sports organizations who always are like the first games after something major like COVID and now this, and you saw, you saw the players standing in solidarity um, during these times of what happened in, in DC. Were you nervous about players not wanting to play like for a while until things changed or boycotting or things like that? Cause they're very outside. Yes, you're you're exactly right. I'll I'll be honest. I mean, and obviously that was the premise of the bubble with um, you know, the the activism we saw, the uh, the calls for action on the names of the back of the jersey. I was I was on I, I to be honest, I was really nervous about whether or not they're going to play games after that in DC. But I could not be more proud of this of this league and these these players for for how they've they they continue to handle it. On one hand, I feel like Obviously, basketball. I know that basketball is not as important, but me as, and and I'm sure for you too, me as as somebody who saw what transpired this weekend in in Washington and and how ugly that was, and just the doom scrolling of the news and the guy carrying the podium out of the out of the thing who was just arrested today, and and the guy sitting in Pelosi's chair, I mean chair, and just the break-ins and people lost their lives and just horrendous that was that's the beauty of basketball and that's the beauty of what these guys bring also bring to the table in addition to their platform is the ability to detox and, you know, to find out, to get that kind of reassurance of just doing something stupid, like watching a basketball game that, Hey, things are going to be okay. We're going to give you a three hour spell from some craziness going on in this world. Um, and we're not going to let that. I mean, we're, we're going to continue to fight. We're going to continue to do things that are, um, uh, going to be advantageous for uh, not only our um, our basketball community, but our society and our nation uh, to continue to to push reform and to to be better 
uh, as a society. But again, there's just something so simplistic and, uh, and I was just so appreciative that um, they, they found a way to be unified. The Cavs and Grizzlies did that again the other night too, locking arms before um, tip off there that there's, and the Celtics did the joint um, uh, press release with the Nets, I believe, um, you know, calling for unity and, and action at this time. I mean, again, there's, there's something very simplistic and still playing a basketball game. And I mean, I, I needed that Wednesday. I, I know that's selfish of me to say, but I needed to, to detox from just the craziness and everything else. And just, um, you know, get lost in a little bit of basketball game to get my mind right. And to, to, to go into Thursday as well. And I think a lot of folks across the country felt that way too. Yeah. Agreed. And I really don't want to add any much more to that. It's just with the NBA too. I mean, they're all, it's very individually driven based. It's not like the NFL. Not at all. No, it's more individuals. And you hear, you've heard everyone speak out. I mean, anytime the best player in the league says something, LeBron James, it'll be on every news outlet. And other players have said what they've needed to say as well. And this is the era where you are, you don't want to win. Uh, you want to promote your brand and you want to promote social change. So, I mean, they're doing all of that and also giving us normal people who don't have some of their luxuries and stuff like that. And we're just seeing the things on the news, just like you said, a way to decompress and watch the, that happened on Wednesday. So that would have yeah. been watch the ESPN 8 and 10 o'clock game just to escape for a bit. So I, I wholeheartedly agree on that. Evan, was there anything else you wanted to hit on on your first pod of 2021? Um, no, but I, I, I want to, I think it's only appropriate probably to, uh, I mean, there's, we can go on about some of the, some of the, um, dumpster dweller teams like the Pistons and the Wizards and the Raptors, uh, the Timberwolves, my goodness, Grizzlies are hurt so bad with injuries in the West is only one team doesn't have three wins in the West and eight or nine tries, but I mean, we can go on and, and some of these teams detail wise, but I think it's important for us and for the listeners to, um, to end on that, that unity speech and to, to know that, Hey, there's, there's going to be somehow, some ways going to be better days ahead. Um, again, I'm, I'm thankful for that, that detox and the players continuing to play and use their voices to, um, to, to help us find unity, to help us see that, Hey, there's going to be, um, you know, there's more that's more that uh, we have in common with our neighbors and, and brothers and coworkers and what divides us. So, um, that's the view of the NBA. Uh, I am looking forward to in the next, um, depending on if we tape next week, if not a little bit of teaser of one of my favorite days in terms of unity is it's really basketball for basketball is really uh, Christmas day take two and the full NBA slate. It's going to take part on Martin Luther King day too. another great um, opportunity for, for the NBA fans and the world and um, us as Americans to, to rally around, um, uh, you know, some, some some great great messaging, some great unifying themes um, with everything that Dr. King stood for, and uh, and and do it um, alongside alongside basketball as the the platform to communicate and have those conversations. So looking forward to that. I think that's a good way to uh, to end it here and um, say a prayer for me. Who's going to see who lo- how long I can make it into this? Uh, what's going to be inevitably a, a Cavs trouncing by the uh, the Bucks tonight uh, again with no with no Garland, KPJ, Sexton, Windler, Love, Exum, or Delhi. So 
Um, should be great. Um, Andre Drummond's probably going to get in foul trouble on Giannis real early, and we're going to lose by 30. Um, hopefully, we only lose by 20. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And with that being said, thank you, everyone, for listening to the L17 podcast. Thank you, Evan, for being the NBA expert that you are. First one of 2021. Uh, we will be back next, uh, close to next week, sometime later in the week, just to go over those Martin Luther King Day. Just, and also just to talk about how that day has really been ingratiated by the NBA as, like you said, their second Christmas that people aren't too knowing of. So with that being said, thank you everyone for listening to L7C Podcast. You guys take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the L7C Podcast. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all social media platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.